Welcome to Write Way, a podcast that empowers writers to become successful authors by offering a truly no-bullshit look behind the curtain of the publishing industry. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You want to write a book, but you have no idea where to start. Should you hire an editor? Should you just self-publish? Should you just give up and hide under a rock? Write Way is here to put the power back in your hands. I'm your host, Rhea Fry. As CEO and founder of writewayco.com and a published author myself, I teach one thing. Writing is about more than just craft. It's also a business, and it's imperative to understand the ins and outs of this industry so that you become your own best advocate. So if you're ready to stake your claim as an author, let us show you exactly how to do it the right way. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Right Way Podcast. Um, I, For any of you uh, that were paying attention, you may have noticed that I was absent and Rio was flying solo last week. Is it good to have me back, Rhea? Yes, it is great to have you back. It was actually so strange to do a solo episode, but I, I was like, what? Wait, I'm so used to, you know, pausing and having a conversation. But it was also a topic that I feel super passionate about. And um, so it was And fun. you were right in it, too. You were I was. sort of right in the, in the midst of your book launch. I still am. Which is, <laughs> is, we are like in the thick of it even now this week. How, I mean, you sort of talked about it uh, on the last episode. You talked about it in detail in the, in the last episode, but how is the virtual uh, launch going? Big change from like the last time uh, when your last book came Absolutely. Out. I mean, I was, I have to be honest, I was really dreading a little bit of it because so many of um, what I enjoy about book launch is actually going and meeting people and connecting with readers and connecting with other authors. So I was kind of bummed that I was like, oh man, this is going to be so different. But I have to say like my launch event that I did with Parnassus Books, which is my local bookstore here in Nashville. You know, if I did an in-person event in the store, I could get anywhere from, you know, 50 people to a hundred people. And we did a virtual event online on their Facebook live. And we got over 2000 views, hundreds of comments and, I'm really finding that all of these virtual events are exposing me to different audiences, even if they're not all buying my book, it's I'm able to reach more people. And that's been a super cool element of this. And also only having to get dressed from the waist up. It's like <laughs> amazing and not have to leave my that house. That <laughs> is the beauty of Zoom. I mean, I'm telling you, and I know we talk about this all the time and we talk about it both when we're on, uh, when we're recording a podcast and when we're not. Um, obviously we're all going insane in quarantine. I mean, we just, <laughs> we're all losing. Yeah. It. We just had this conversation before we started recording where I said the worst thing you could ever say to your family. And I said, <laughs> I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. And I keep joking about that, but like, I'm to my limit. I'm like, I'm either going yeah. to, Alex came up to me and he was like, do you need a hug? I was like, no, I need to punch someone in the face. I mean, I'm just <laughs> filled with rage. Well, <laughs> well, it is like, I do think, you know, uh, realistically, like we're all sort of trapped in this like twilight zone where we really don't belong and we don't, we don't have the tools equipped to sort of deal with this kind of seclusion, reclusion, etc. cetera, uh, from our lives. But what I was going to say, I mean, aside from yeah needing to punch people in the face i mean there there is there are a lot of like odd silver linings and like interesting um 
dynamics that I think are positive changes that I hope stick around even after COVID. And I think the reach of digital, like the reliance on digital, because, you know, this is maybe the bottleneck into the next phase for like both the, the, the traditional book publishing industry and I think other other industries in, in, in writing as well is maybe this is the bottleneck where instead of like we sort of half use all of these great tools that we have, but think about how we've fully we've fully integrated Zoom into our life. We've fully integrated like this idea of remote living, working, creating remotely, um, you know, producing content remotely. And I, I, I hope that's all stuff that stays. I don't want to like, I don't want to go back to like us straddling the line anymore. I agree. Um, I agree. You know, there's, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, let's, I mean, we'll definitely talk about how it's affected the publishing industry, but I, you know, we were talking before when we were sort of discussing what we were going to uh, talk about on the podcast today. I, I, you know, not firsthand because obviously we're all, de- you know, detached and away from our, from our lives. And I haven't lived directly in Los Angeles in almost two years, but I think, um, in the communities that I'm part of online and, um, the contacts and, and friends that I have in, in the movie business, in the screenwriting business, I think we've, we're noticing like this huge sea change where there was always this preconception that if you wanted to pursue a career as a writer for television or film, you had to reside permanently in LA. Like you had to be there. And, you know, over the, the course of, um, I, over the course of the last decade or so, I think people have been trying that that's sort of been upset a little or discounted somewhat. But I think now we're really seeing evidence that like, oh, th- that shit's not true anymore. And we're never we're not going to create uh, in the same way. We're not going to write in the same way. The process is not going to move in the same way as it did before. COVID. Yeah. And I think that that stigma or stereotypes kind of true for writers you know unless you live in New York and are really connected your career isn't going to flourish as much as it could and I think that changed kind of a while ago but as you said I think COVID and the use of digital (laughs) tools um it's really making it possible to connect with all types of people. And you're right. I mean, I think the industry's changing. I know in publishing, I mean, a lot of these mid-sized, smaller publishers are either folding completely, letting people go, not acquiring. But publishing is strong and has weathered so many storms. And I'd love to know about the film industry, like, what you're seeing. That's something that we don't talk a lot about. Um, Screenwriting, film industry, we're going to get into that a little bit today because it's such a huge aspect of writing. And I know so many writers that I talk to that really want to write screenplays or they want their books optioned and turned into movies, or they just want to learn more about that process and that process of writing. And it's something you have so much experience in. I can only speak to having received a movie deal for my first book and then actually embarked on writing a pilot script when I was asked to with you, with your help, which was so cool. And we can kind of dive into that. But I think it's a an industry that so many people feel like there's a barrier 
of entry into, you know, so talk about that a little bit. Well, um, I, and one of the things I was going to ask just as a remind, a refresher for myself, your deal was that, uh, a production company optioned your first they book, did. right? So <clears throat> Argent yeah. Pictures, um, who's, I mean, they've, they've done a lot of action movies, American Made with Tom Cruise, Birth of a Nation. Uh, I mean, they've, they've won t- Hacksaw Ridge. Um, they've done a lot of Netflix series, documentaries, a lot of really cool, culturally diverse films. And before Not Her Daughter, my first book came out, I landed a movie deal. Um, they actually, so so the way that this works, a lot of people don't understand that. They see the term or the phrase movie deal and they're like, holy shit, like you're set. The movie's going to get made like so cool. And it is cool, but this happens a lot. So if you're an author, if you're a published author, not always with your debut novel, but it's very easy to option a, a book. Like some some production companies could option a book for like $1, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and all that means- There has to be contractually, there has to be an exchange. So like a dollar is like basically a free option, but to make it legal, you have to exchange some kind of, there has to be some kind of exchange. So that's why like the dollar option is like a sort of a, an, a famous and infamous term. Right, sure. and so- a production company will pay you a sum of money and they're basically borrowing that book in a way. Like they have the opportunity during a period of time. So normal options are usually like 18 months. So they're basically, that book is kind of like on hold. No one else can option it. And they have 18 months to get going on production or they have the option to renew for another 18 months and pay you another sum of money until the movie gets made or until they decide, you know, no, we're not going to make this movie. And this happens a lot. I mean, I know so many authors who've gotten like huge mega movie options and we're talking years and years and years later and the series or the movie, (laughs) which is funny that it's funny that they, the term started 18 months because you're like, Nothing's going to happen. No, I was told by my agent it would take at least three years to even like get going on it. So, but that, but that's the frustrating thing. It's like when you have a book or a movie option is announced, when you go and do talks or, you know, have readings or whatever, that's the first thing people want to know. Like what's happening with the movie? When's the movie coming out? When's the movie coming out? And it doesn't really work like that. And I think, you know, with publishing taking so long, it's a very kind of long game industry, the film movie script writing world can move kind of quickly. But when it's, when you think about all the, the moving parts that have to happen to make one television series or a pilot episode of something or a movie, it can take a, it is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, It's a miracle. Anything ever happens. Completely. So I think that's, you know, something for people to know it's absolutely possible to have your book optioned, but it actually getting made and making it to screen to the screen. I mean, so many things have to happen. Well, you, you actually have to count the, I think, uh, you know, the pipeline from the publishing world to the, the, the movie industry. I think you have an author has to count the option as the success. A hundred percent. Like, that that is the hurdle like the it's definitely not it's certainly not going to be the production of the 
of the, the adaptation of the actual film. Like that is like a, a, a roll of the dice. No, so it. many, you know, it's really cool though in the age that we're in, like so many of these books that get optioned, uh, you know, in Reese's, um, Reese Witherspoon's book club, for instance, she has her own production company. So she is able to actually get those books turned into TV series or movies or whatever relatively quickly, honestly, um, because, you know, she has everything kind of there in-house. And so it can happen, especially if you're going straight to Netflix, straight to Hulu, straight to Amazon Prime. It's a little bit different, not Amazon Prime, just Amazon Studios. Um, I'm thinking about the groceries I just ordered. Um, (laughs) It's a little bit, you know. Free delivery. Right, exactly. But you don't have to have all of the hiccups that you would have in a you know true Hollywood feature, right? I mean, is that well? I I would actually say like if you're if you're a if you're a traditionally if you're if you're an author who's who's being traditionally published, like that's almost the only way that deals get made. I mean, uh, you know, in my ex- not in my very limited experience, but you know, I I've obviously lived, I lived in LA for a decade. Um, my writing partner and I, I have enjoyed some very recreational success uh, with screenwriting contests and um, dealt with some reps and, and general meetings and, um, and, and that kind of thing. And I do know a lot of people who are, who are very steeped in the business. Uh, but in my limited experience, I would say that um, Hollywood is, the industry is very gun shy about original screenplays. So I would say that the, like an executive would be more likely to uh, get into a development scenario with, uh, with a script that's being created, um, being developed from a preexisting intellectual property. I mean, that, that is, that is the way, like almost every uh, script that gets pushed through and and really happens or really has any weight uh in development uh, is almost always based on a book an article uh, something it's almost always based on yeah and sometimes i mean it's kind of rare to get a book option before it comes out like sometimes if a book comes out it's a massive success then production companies are knocking down that author's door to option the book well um I would I would also say like I I think the the pipeline between like New York and L.A. like I think you know executives in 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 Hollywood can deny all they want that uh, that somehow ignore the fact that like they rely on books as much as they do but I I think you have a lot of production companies who are like breezing through Kirkus reviews and being like we'll take that one we'll take that one because all an option is an option is a way to limit somebody else's access to a thing that you know and that's why you'll get production i mean a lot of actors who start their own production companies the first thing they do is pick up ip that's like the first move of of a production company is like blowing through new releases or blowing through some books that maybe have some good sales numbers or some good hype and acquiring as as much property completely absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. it's so the two industries are like inextricably linked. Definitely. And so my question would be for some people who have either, let's say they've written a book or maybe they have written a screenplay or they have a killer idea for a TV series or a feature film and they don't know what next steps to take. Do you have any like very beginner 
advice on how to navigate that and what to do. Do you get a film agent? Do you submit strictly to a production company? How do you even find the right people in order to pitch to? Well, actually, I mean, I, I, I would say in my experience, like, especially now in, in, in COVID times, yeah, yeah. In the COVID era, post COVID era, not even post COVID era, but <laughs> Where, when are we going to be post? I would love to be post. <laughs> Jesus, I'm ready. Um, I, th- I actually think like, well, first of all, I mean, I think if someone has an idea for a show, like if someone has an idea for a script, you know, you decide what you, you have to determine what, what medium it is. So, you know, you have this idea for like whatever, and you have to decide specifically, uh, if it's a film, you know, what genre does it fall under? Uh, and you know, it's, it's all the same shit that we talk about on the podcast and it's all the same shit that we talk about with our clients. It's like, you have to decide what, what film is this like? What is it going to be competing with? What is it going to be up against? What, 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 even before I think you, uh, you're plotting it, even before you're outlining it, I think you have to really determine what the, what the, what the flavor of this movie is going to be. Um, cause you have to be ready to, you have to be ready with the sales pitch from the, from the jump, from moment one. Um, and then in, in terms of next steps, I mean, write the thing, like <laughs> yeah. write the thing is paramount, you know? And I, I you know, I think like you, uh, for there's such a chasm, there's such like a gaping chasm between writing prose and writing oh, yeah. uh, oh my gosh. scripts. Yes. Although, although you know, and I think this is something that we're sort of developing even with our methodology is I think there is more, there are, there's more asset for prose writers in screenplay, in script writing preparation than we realize. And I think if we were, if we sort of, if we, we should sort of blend the two to, to really have like, a, a complete and holistic pr- approach to writing. I think it would improve book manuscripts immensely. Um, but I think you have to learn how to write the thing. And I have, think you have to write the thing. You have to have the product. Like that's, that's step number, number one. Absolutely. And I think it takes, if you're a, if you're a traditionally a book writer, I think your, your best option is to find a shitload of scripts that are either the same tone genre or medium, uh, or, or format of, of your proposed script, read a ton of them, master it, and then, uh, you know, beat out, out, like treatment, beat out, outline, and write, and write the script. Man, and I have to say, when I was asked to, so when Argent Pictures optioned my book, we talked about doing a feature and as the months went on, they were like, oh no, TV, like a TV series I think would be better. And then they asked me to write the pilot and screenwriting has always been really interesting to me, but also very intimidating. So I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I, I bought some books. Joe sent me a lot of scripts and I, as I was going through it, I realized I actually really don't enjoy reading scripts. I think it's very interesting to dissect them, but they do not pull me in, of course, the way that like a book does. So that was a really tough exercise to like read through. And then when I sat down to do it and, you know, it's the complete opposite of writing a novel. However, I think it sharpens, boy, does it sharpen dialogue and the details that are actually extremely important and how, you know, when I write, I see very 
I think very visually and I see the story unfolding on the page as if it were a script. So I found it very humbling, but I think as writers, sometimes we stay in our little like bubbles and don't branch out. And I remember like, oh, I used to write poetry and short stories and essays and all kinds of articles and blogs. And then now that I'm writing novels, it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a novelist. And I think sometimes to hone your skills, like stepping outside of that box will just teach you so, so much about that experience. Well, you got to be, and you definitely have to be open to it. Like, you know, and like we said, it's yet another scenario in writing where you got to like ditch the ego. But, but I think that's true. And I think that, you know, this is a divisive thing to say because I'm sure there are some, some folks on uh, part of like Twitter screenwriting communities who would like lambast me for saying this, but like nobody reads a script for enjoyment. (laughs) It's not like nobody like sits around like producers blow through scripts, development executives blow through scripts to, to find something to, to package. Um, Directors blow through scripts to find something to make. Other screenwriters blow through scripts to research. Screenwriting contest judges read scripts to find a winner. But like, no one is like, oh, I'm going to you know, sit down and read the script for the English patient tonight. I can't wait to dive in. Like, nobody's doing that because all a script is is a blueprint for a movie. It is, it is uh, a script is, is the, the step one is like, is the is the blueprint of the skyscraper that's all it is so the real work is sort of left for later in the process now that makes i i do think you're right i think screenwriting is one of the most difficult kinds of writing you have to write with an acumen and a specificity and you have to get to plot because you have a very limited time to do it in uh you know and i don't think writing a book is any easier but there is a certain amount of discovery that can happen over the course of a, of writing a book that really can't, that really, it doesn't exist in a screenplay. Um, it is definitely like, like I, I, I think that, you know, whereas like writing a book is like taking a, can be like taking a road trip, writing, writing a script is like, I'm going from point A to point B and I'm not even stopping to go to completely. The so, I mean, for those people who, you know, read scripts, study screenwriting, kind of get the hang of it. And then they want to pitch or they want to package everything up. Like number one, what do you need? And then where are you looking to pitch your script? I think, I think if you have a script and you're looking to pitch, you're putting the cart way before the horse. Um, I think if you have no ties and again, I think you can really do it now and I think you can do it from anywhere, but, um, and this is also a potentially divisive subject, but I think the quickest way, you know, this is not unlike what you talk about with kind of building your community of writers, even before, even like leading up to the, to the book launch, find other writers, find a community, first of all. And then I would say like, start, start entering some like contests or something, um, specifically contests that are like, sort of centered around LA. I mean, winning a competition doesn't do yeah, like get and and s- submit the script. You can submit the script to, you know, you can uh in the same way that like a, a an author uh might give their manuscript to an editor, you can send in your script to get uh coverage, which is when someone a professional script reader reads the script um 
does a summary and uh, basically rates its potential sellability, um, sellability and marketability. Uh, I think you should get coverage. I think you should get feedback. I think you should enter competition so that you can maybe get a little bit of exposure. Um, script pipeline, I think. I mean, the blacklist is like the most famous one in LA. Uh, definitely one. I, I don't know that I recommend it, but like their, uh, you know, this um, group called Pipeline Media. They have. Um, their script pipeline arm does all of these annual contests where there's money to be won and there's also um, it gets you exposure um, because they also submit winning scripts to um, to their to their circle to potential producers to to agents to managers. Um, I think that's the easiest way to get exposure. I think you're not going to pitch anything to anyone without representation. Um, so. And I think for beginning writers, they they want to be on the lookout for like a manager, probably not an agent, but uh, but a manager. And I think those are the that's the way that you sort of start to grow as a writer within the confines of the industry. So in terms of finding a manager, so like when we're talking about the publishing industry and you want to find a reputable agent you, you know, I always give advice, like find books that you love, see who represents those authors, talk to your friends who are published authors, people who have good reputations, and you can kind of find great agents that way. How do you find a good manager in that industry? I mean, I think that's the way I think like, this is why you you build a community because you start talking to other screenwriters who are like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm repped by zero gravity or whatever. Like, you know, I mean, you can submit scripts. The chances of your, uh, like, you know, and depending on where you send them, like, you know, if you send them to one of the big management companies, like, uh, you know, it's a it's going to be a needle in a haystack situation, but. You know, if, if you know another screenwriter or have a screenwriting friend who you guys have traded notes and they have uh, they have a, a good manager that they like, I, I don't think there's there's it's no harm, no foul to be like, hey, would you, you know, set up a meeting or set up a call or would you introduce me or would you give them this script? I think, you know, a lot of the ways in, quote unquote, are are the same. The same as the advice that you give. I, I, I do think that. um and I think with digital, I think the, the advent of like digital communities, like, you know, Twitter is a fucking cesspool, but there are some very strong writing communities on Twitter, like very tightly knit, very supportive uh, writing groups. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm privileged to be part of the script pipeline group. And I mean, we have from from writers who are nobody like myself to writers that are you know have netflix deals like that's the spectrum of of people and that's sort of the beauty where whereas at, at one point in time it's not like we were all sitting on the set like uh twitter is like this like social media is like this odd place where it's like if the airplane if an airplane was like not divided into first class and coach and like first class seats were sort of peppered throughout coach like the fact that you have access to pe- to to people who are doing the stuff you want to do is fucking invaluable and that's why you want to invest in those communities is because you're going to get linked up you're going to be palling around with people that can show you tell you or introduce you to the play to the people in the places that you want to be 
Well, and the coolest thing about screenwriting, I think, is when I was doing it, I was like, oh, so I write this thing, send it off, get paid for it, don't really have to do anything else to it. Like when I compare it to a book, so you write a book, the book goes through several iterations, you publish the book, then you are out promoting that book, you're you're constantly with that project in a way forever. But like if you are a true, a true like scriptwriter, screenwriter, whatever, like you can write it, get paid, move on. Write it, get paid, move on, and not only make a good living, but you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, I don't have that huge author platform and like I'm doing all these events and are people gonna show up? And it's in some ways, it's so clean and like you're you're constantly probably evolving, creating, moving on without some of the pressures that it takes to be a published author. Well, and I think like, you know, separate from or uh, you know a, a, di- a, di- a major difference between screenwriting and and book writing is you're you're exactly right. You're like I love that I love what you said is like you're with that that project and forever, forever. and like <laughs> and and and, a, and the only way to to measure you know and I, I I use the term success very loosely, but like the only way to truly the, the only metric for success in the publishing industry is like how many books do you Sales. got? But exactly. No screenwriter measures their success by how many movies are made. They they measure their success by how many screen you know scripts are sold. So you could have a, a screenwriter effectively who's never who's never seen a page of their scripts in film. I mean that would be a very probably sad and depressing screenwriter. Uh, but you they could in effect make a extremely good living just by selling scripts. And then, you know, there's a lot, if you are able to kind of establish yourself, I mean, there's so many different mediums now, you know, there's all these like new, uh, you know, digital network platforms. Um, uh, There's the big leagues. There's, there's obviously there's film, there's short film, there's independent film. Um, And, also, you know, you establish yourself as a screenwriter. A, a lot of writers make a good chunk of their living doing rewrites or doing punch up or just being come in, coming in to like, um, you know, give a script a tweak. Uh, there are so many. The, the, the other difference, the other, uh, you know, the other key difference is if you if you look at a book cover, uh, you're pretty sure that the authors, the, the name of the author on the cover is the person that did uh, 99% of the work on, on bringing that, that book to life. But, you know, for a, for a, particularly for a movie, if you, when you see a movie, you might see one, two or three names, uh, under written by, there's, and there's also story by, there's written by, there's screenplay by, uh, all these different kinds of credits. And I, I guarantee you that's a fraction of the people that were actually hired to write that script. Uh, by and large, any major, uh, major movie release uh, probably has had h- half a dozen to a dozen people who've had that script in their hand or, or on their computer, on their desktop at one, at one point or another. Definitely. And I mean, okay, so if someone, say they have a very strong script and they enter a contest and they win that contest, what is the probability that that would actually get made into something? Like what steps have to happen in order to actually see that on the screen one day? Uh, my my friend Helen, 
um, won a contest. She actually won a contest that we that I we also won, uh, and she has a she has a deal. She has a movie. Deal. She has a development deal right as we speak, um, and she's rep by UTA. Like it can happen. I mean, look with anything. Is there a chance it won't? Yeah, there always is. But like, you also here. You know, here's the other thing, and and this is another thing that we talk about even in in, in publishing is, uh, no, you you're never going to see any success if you don't get it done and get it out there. So like, you know, I mean. There's rejection is rife. Rejection is rampant. Um, we've we've won. My writing partner and I've won a, a couple contests, and we've also like we wrote another script and submitted it to some of our contacts, and we got dissed. We got like rocked. So like, even just because you have one bit of success doesn't mean that you're gonna have have another one. And I think that. Um, you, I mean, you're never going to win anything if you don't try. So you might as well give it a shot. That's one of my questions too. So say you enter contests and there's a cash prize, but say if you don't enter contests and you kind of start making a name for yourself, uh, for yourself selling scripts, I know it's hard to say like on average, I guess that'd be like saying, what's the average advance? Um, but what kind of money can you make if you literally just write scripts I mean, it, for a living it could be anywhere from like ten thousand to a hundred thousand <laughs> like like i really yeah like I for really a script right yeah same thing the, for advances the, the spectrum sure. is so 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 wide um you know and even he you you really have to like recalibrate your expectations for what success is because Although the money is something, the exposure is more valuable. So, you know, if you're just starting out, like my, my writing partner um, uh, was uh, with a management company and he, he got an option. Uh, he got a script option by a production company for 1500 bucks. 1500 bucks. I mean, that's not a lot of money. He, he uh, is a, direct, a writer and a, a marketing director for Disney. He makes a, a decent wage anyway. So 1500 was like, not money, but someone read the script. Someone saw the script. Someone, and you know, uh, and I don't know about as much about the publishing industry, but like in 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 the industry in LA, it's a very social industry. So like people talk, man, and that's and it's a bad thing and a good thing. I mean, you know, bad reputations get around, but like also if you've got a a good script that's been seen by a couple of people there's a good chance that the chatter will will uh will will attract more eyes to it for sure definitely and in publishing like i know a lot of novelists they want to see their books on screen but they're like i don't have any interest in screenwriting and and normally for authors you know with your literary agency you will either get a film agent they will find someone for you or you find someone in kind of rare instances. And then that agent's job is to take your book that's being published or has been published and they shop it around and try to get you a deal. Like I got a new film agent for this third book. She's trying to shop it. And you know, that could take six months or a year or a few weeks. 
um, to get any sort of interest. It's, it's such a saturated market, but for a lot of authors who want to try their hands at it, I mean, I've also heard that if you have a book and you have a film agent and you know how to write a script, go ahead and write like the script because if they shop it and you have a decent script, that's one less thing the production company is going to have to do is then find a writer. Now they might hire someone to polish it that's very well known so they can put their name on it and it probably attracts more buzz. But um, that's one piece of advice I've actually gotten from a film agent is like, hey, if you can write it and you do a good job at it, like again, one less thing they have to do to find someone um, to write that script. Interesting, yeah. I also, and I feel like it's unfortunate that I have to disclaim it like this, but also there's a million different ways to skin a cat. <laughs> and there's like no, uh, every person has done it. You know, I mean, a lot of people would say like, you wanna be a, a writer, you should move to LA, you should uh, try to get a job as a PA, for a network or a show and then become a writer's assistant and then get staffed and, you know, move your work your way up at the ladder. And, and I think that there's a lot of discussion about writers earning their stripes, especially in network television where it's extremely competitive and extremely profitable, but extremely competitive and extremely hard to like, to, to, to work in that, um, in that medium. But I, you know, obviously, and I think it's an interesting time because I think what COVID and quarantine are showing us is like, nah, there's a lot of ways to do a lot of things and there are new ways to do, do things. And I, 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 so I think like these, what I'm, what I'm saying in this podcast, like my, the recommendations I'm making, uh, it should be noted are not hard and fast rules by any stretch of the imagination. These are uh, ways that I've seen other people uh, level up. Uh, there are ways that I have leveled up um, and there are ways that I think are are beneficial to like a writer's mental health, um, which is important. But um, that being said, I will say that I think and I, I believe this is true for traditional publishing as well. I think the one hard and fast rule that I wish I had really hung on to close and tight uh, my entire life and um, really see the value of now. And, you know, I hate to like harp on it, but is community is like, is a, is a squad, a team, like a, 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 um, a, a, you know, it's like an, it's a net to catch you. And also like your best assets can be, can be in that community. So that, that is the one thing where I'm like, nah, if you got to do, if you can only do one thing, uh, that you hear, um, in the, in a, in a bunch of advice or on, you know, motivational podcasts or whatever, do that, find your community. Yeah. And, and I have a question about that because in the writing world, in the publishing community, connecting with other authors is huge and also making relationships with bookstores, local bookstores, bookstores where you're going to go do events. I mean, those, those bookstore owners will hand sell your books if you establish a very reciprocal relationship. So what's the analogy for that in the screenwriting community? Like, yes, you need to have a community, but is it of other writers? Is it with producers? Is it 
kind of all of the <laughs> all of the above or or are there certain people to connect with that really will move the needle for someone's career? I think it's all I think it's all the above. I think for people starting out it's definitely other writers. Um I also like I said before I think uh contests I think that um obviously like producers like independent producers um uh pro- are are good good people to know. I mean because of like the like inherent collaborative nature of filmmaking, I, I I mean you you see it all the time. You see writers and directors that love to work together. You see directors and actors. Like it's all like, uh, you know, anytime you ingratiate yourself to a community um, or find contacts in a community, you're you're just increasing your chances that you're sort of going to find those people who will become your your muses. Your your support system. So, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, not obviously we don't have like, I don't have like an analogy for like the, the bookstore author relationship, but yeah, I would say that it's like, get to know everyone in the industry. Like you want to get to know, like one of the greatest benefits I had while I was living in Los Angeles is like getting to know like some independent production teams, like sound, sound guys, lighting guys, directors of photography, like, because you don't know that at some point you might have a script that gets a little heat, gets a little of attention. And, uh, your manager might think that, uh, the best way forward is to like shoot a, uh, a short, based on the, like a short, shoot one of the scenes as, as a, as a short that you, you write and direct and you're going to need a, you know, you're going to need a, a production team to do that. Like you want to get to know all those people because it just increases your chances of constant content creation and constant output. Absolutely. And I have a couple more questions around that. So if you were to get a manager, whether it's through a referral or finding someone does it work the same way as it does with a literary agent in that, Yes, that literary agent will take 15%, but only if you sell something. Is it the same way with a manager? They're only getting a percentage of your earnings if you sell something, or is that something that you're paying them? If a rep ever asks you yeah, for money run. Front, run for the hills. <laughs> same with an agent, 100%. No yeah. money should ever be paid. And then, there, you front. know, there is, there, there is a... Um, there is a sort of distinct difference between management and agents for, for, for lit, for, for writers. Um, I would say that like writers starting out, uh, a management is more, um, more developmental. They're there more to kind of guide you. Um, they don't agents really, I mean, they, you know, function in largely the same way. They're there to sell the product. So they're there to take the script and they're there to get it get get it a home there and uh i i make that sound extremely simplistic and when it's a very difficult and job to have and uh if for a great like to to have a great agent is like you're you're you've you've got it made um a manager is like really a lit manager in particular is really there to sort of cultivate what your what your your brand voice is what you you know your brand as a writer whether you're a a writing team or, or or a writer solo they're really there to like sort of um build you a little bit um they don't it's not as much as about shopping a single product as it is about shopping you and what about horror like have you heard any horror stories like it it seems to me like with scripts especially like if i was entering that world i would be so 
protective over my material. Have you ever heard of like a newbie writing a really awesome script, getting it to a producer and that producer takes it and runs and the writer like gets no credit or someone steals an idea or like, it seems like everyone's kind of drinking from the same well of ideas. And, and how do you, I guess, how do you protect your IP when it comes to writing a script? Um, well, uh, you know, uh, look, I, I mean, I'm sure there are horror stories. Have I heard some? Absolutely. Are yeah. they all true? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that there's, you know, I always like, laugh a little at the idea that like I don't know I don't know when I laugh harder is when uh two guys are drunk at a bar in LA and are talking really loudly about the brilliant movie idea they have or the ones that are whispering um I I think that both are absurd probably um because not only is not everyone in LA a fucking shark but um also be be yeah, be reasonable. Have enough have enough uh, integrity for your idea that you, you know you don't you're not like bullhorning it across town. Um, I think that ways to protect yourself um, are are pretty accessible. Uh, I think one of the first things that a, a, a screenwriter should do it's just an easy safeguard is the moment that you finish a script, uh, hop online and register it with the WGA. Um, get that script registered. It's, it's just, it's like 25 bucks. It's super easy. And like, it's just a paper trail that, you know, I mean, I have had ideas and like written page treatments and registered with them with the WGA. Um, and again, like in, in LA, I do think a lot of effort gets put on protecting the opportunity, protecting the option because, there's so much money involved. There's so much money to gain and there's so much money to lose for everybody. And, you know, executives are gun shy because if you green light the next, you know, Deadpool, you're going to be an industry hero. Uh, you know, if you and if you green light a flop, you're you're never going to work in this town again. Like it just is like feast or famine in that way. So I think people are are always just protecting the opportunity to execute uh, on, a, on an idea or a property. My last question around this is like, we talk a lot about ego and keeping ego out of this. How in the world do you keep ego out of it in this industry? Like, you know, Hollywood gets such a bad rap. The film industry gets a su such a bad rap about that. Like, how do you kind of keep that separate when it's not all about like, oh, so-and-so like... <laughs> option my film and this star, you know, this celebrity starring in my movie. And I mean, it seems like there would be a lot of ego and maybe that's just a stereotype that I'm assuming, but no, how do you no. do that? That's right. That's <laughs> accurate. I mean, I think it's, don't you, I think it's funny that we talk about uh, ego so much and we talk about letting ego so much and it's the hardest fucking thing to do. Oh yeah. Um, Especially and, in that industry, it seems like. Oh my God. Well, I, and I think either one, I think like, man, if I write something and someone's like, Oh, I don't think this is that good. My, my first instinct is always to be like, fuck you. Well, <laughs> you know, sure. I, I mean like, and, and of course, like, you know, every, the moment you have, uh, any success or like, you know, you sell a script, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd be in like, 
I'd be blinged out, like rolling up to valet parking <laughs> in my, you know. Would you really? Oh, see, I can't imagine. I, you know, no, you would not. No, of course I would, you not. would not. Of course not. I would not. But you know, and I think I think the practice of abandoning ego is for those of us that have the fucking awareness of ego in the first place. And I'm not trying to trash talk, but some of y'all just don't. Some of y'all don't even know your ego is a thing. So that sucker just like runs rampant. And sometimes it helps you and sometimes it doesn't. I think in LA, I think in the movie industry, because it's very social, I think the thing to remember is that everybody talks. And uh, I think that because it's so collaborative, because it's such a tight-knit and very small industry, probably not unlike the publishing industry, I think that I think that you're you don't realize how hard your reputation will precede you. And I think that you will be shocked if when you when you realize that when you are in a general meeting for for a writing job or if you are in like those final talks to to pitch that pitch that script or sell that script or get staffed or whatever it is, I think you'll be surprised that like a small fraction of the hiring consideration will be on how good of a writer you are. And the rest of it is going to be on how much they like you and how, Uh, how they, how much they can foresee working for you, working with you alongside you for the extent of this project. I mean, I know people that haven't gotten jobs because they were a fucking dick in the room. Um, But I don't feel like that applies to like celebrities. I mean, you hear horror stories about, you know, so-and-so who is such a diva or such an asshole and, you know, but they're revered. I mean, they're revered in the industry. They're revered on screen. Well, that's probably Um, why they're assholes. I mean, I think the worst (laughs) thing that Hollywood, I think the worst thing that we ever did was made, was turned actors into stars. I think it was like, it's the worst thing because also I'm not trying, I'm also not trying to be a dick, but like, a movie's made by so many more people than the fucking actors oh in it. Oh my gosh. And same thing in publishing. And, it's all the behind the scenes yeah, stuff. And I think that um you know, they unfortunately are the biggest component for why people go see the movies in the first place. Uh I think that's a bummer. Um and I think it's created a great inequity. Um I think also there's some gender-based inequality not, I mean, not you I don't, know. across <laughs> the board yeah. in Hollywood. Sure. It's insanity. I'm saying, like, I think in um, specifically with people's attitudes, I think a lot of like female talent producers, et cetera, get get labeled as being a diva. When in reality, I think the only way that a a a, 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 a professional woman can really survive a lot of times is to kind of like exert her power and uh, always and of course men around women who are exerting their power just want to call them bitches so i i think that's probably a bad rap but i think there are a lot of i think there are there's a there's a lot of like yeah ego but i i think for writers um i think things are a bit different and i think that uh you really have to especially if you're if you're if you're looking at like staffing for a show that might go two seasons, three seasons, four seasons or longer, you really want to show um, hiring uh, showrunners, hiring producers, whoever, EPs, you really want to show them that you're going to be chill, that you're going to be easy to work with, that that you're a cool person. Wasn't it funny too with, I mean, everything starts 
with writing. Everything starts I mean, with writing. I mean, every yeah. show we love, every movie, every yeah. commercial. I mean, whatever it is, it's like, and I feel like the writers, especially, I always think about it every year when I watch the Oscars. I'm like, God, the writer is just never really mentioned. I mean, sometimes, of course, there are awards for like best screenplay, but it's it's all about the stars and or the director or whatever and it's it's just and so I mean who gives a shit yeah <laughs> no <laughs> I'm really talking trash now but. no I mean but it's but it's something we don't talk a, a lot about and you know when we first wanted to do this podcast we wanted to really encompass all aspects writing. of writing yeah. and this is such a huge um well, and all opportunities, yes, all opportunities so, in, so many. In, in writing, because there's, you know, I think people get hung up and, and they, the people get hung up on like, oh, I want to traditionally publish that book, that novel, and that's the only thing I want to do. And you're not, you're not seeing the forest for the trees. I mean, there's so many opportunities for you to help yourself in the pursuit of traditionally publishing that novel uh, by looking at, at other avenues for sure. Absolutely. I think that's great. Um, I did not think we were going to talk this much. I know. It's great. It's fun. This is great. Yeah, super awesome. Speaking of other avenues, um, the last thing we're going to kind of touch on today is just what's kind of coming up for Right Way in the future. We are making some really exciting changes to this podcast. The first being we are going to be moving to weekly content. So weekly episodes... For you, we are branching... More of us for your ears. (laughs) More of us for your ears. But we are going to be branching out and doing interviews, doing some series of content where we can really dive deep into a certain subject around the writing industry. Um, It's going to be... Yeah, a lot of like deconstruction, a lot of like looking at particular titles, a lot of like looking at... We're going to... And encompassing more than just... Um, the fodder that the publishing industry itself offers, and we're gonna, you know, be discussing writing more, more about the uh, more about writing itself, and more about relationships between writers, writers and editors, writers and publishers, um, and bringing and more- those people on yeah. to interview so yep. you can hear them. And also, I mean, one thing I really want to do is take your questions, and on one episode every month, like we're gonna break them down, we're gonna answer whatever questions you have because. This is a really wacky industry to navigate. I know a lot of people really want to pursue their dreams right now, whether that is writing a script, writing a novel, publishing a short story. But I'm hearing a lot, myself included, where it's really it's really hard to be creative right now and it's really hard to sit down and actually do it, um, which is crazy because we're all at home, but there's so much uncertainty that a lot of us feel zapped from all this low grade anxiety um, that we're all experiencing. So, you know, coming up with some talking about like tips, strategies, tools that the busiest people use um, to kind of get it done. And I mean, I, I talk about it all the time with anything like it's consistency. I mean, consistency really does matter and doing a little bit every day and and learning more and more about this industry. Sometimes that doesn't mean writing, but like we're talking about today, you know, we'll dive into a new arena of writing and try on a bunch of different things and see where you might actually shine and what you really enjoy. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, if there's, as we sort of move into this, you know, more uh, um, like doubling, doubling content once again, if there's, 
we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But if there's if there are, there are subjects or dynamics of the industry or of writing that you particularly want to hear us discuss, or if there are individuals that you particularly want to hear us interview, uh, email us or and and be sure to 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 comment um, on episodes. Comment on episodes uh, as you listen. Um, subscribe, rate, review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't. Tell us what you hear too much of, and tell us what you're not hearing enough. Probably of. the word fuck. We do say that a lot. <laughs> That you're just going to have to get used to. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Crazy. All right, guys. Um, Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Right Way. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate or review this episode. And if there's something you want to hear, head on over to rightwayco.com and let us know. Until next time.